Welcome to Whatever Works, our unique fortnightly podcast in which we talk about whatever works in our lives and in the lives of our community members. Find us at whateverworks.works. And why not join our community? Simply search for Whatever Works at mewe.com and get stuck in. One, two, three, go. Right, ready? <laughs> I'm ready. Zoom recording. Everything's recording. Are you sure that everything's recording? Uh, if not, then this wouldn't be being heard. By the mere fact that dear listener is hearing this must mean that I had it switched on. Quiet, we'll start. Whatever works. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Greetings. Before we start waffling on um, uh, forever, we'll, it, we'll invite you to join us in this week's show, or I should say this fortnight's show. And uh, yeah, welcome to Whatever Works. Aidan is with me as always. Happy New Year! <laughs> oh, haven't we done that yet? We haven't Good done that yet, sir. The last time, how, can I just how say, many this, more is a, times? The, the la- this is a mince pie free zone. The last time we did a show was Christmas Day, and I was scoffing mince pie in the singular. Oh, yeah. So um, today, New Year, new start, resolution no mince pies during podcast recordings. Definitely not. And no more talk of New Year. Right, show 128 it is, Friday the 8th of January, 2021. Wow. And we, <laughs> we are, we are um, yes, we're, we're coming to you as usual um, the, via uh, uh, podcast land where you can join us. And I'll say to you, Boridar and Yakidar, it's, it's snowing here, you know, in North Wales. As, as I record, it's actually snowing. Oh, happy Christmas. <laughs> Let's start that again. Whateverworks.works is where you'll find the links and all the show notes and all that balabi that we normally put up there for you and in your podcatcher too. All that what? Balawi? Is that another Welsh word I don't Mala- know? <laughs> yeah, not, far, not far off, is it? MeWe Group is there, of course, as always. Join us there if you haven't already, and if you haven't, then why not? Get there. TedSalmon.com is where you'll find me. AidenBell.com is for Aiden. And if you want to buy me a coffee, I will thank you very much in advance, and you can do that at paypal.me forward slash TedSalmon. That's about it, really, isn't it? Let's get on with it, shall we? (laughs) Feedback from the last show? Feedback from the last show. By the way, this show, this show is coming to you in glorious... Stereo, he said, hiding behind a tree. <laughs> I put. A, I, I have to put my hands up to this. I, mean, I need to make an announcement here. Whoops, Aidan Bell made a real 101 schoolboy error and mixed the last two or three editions of Whatever Works uh, during the final mastering stage. I didn't put the volume correctly. And Ian Chappell quite correctly and rightly pointed this out in a post and said, could you make it a little louder? And mea culpa, I certainly will. That got Steve Litchfield on the game, who brought up the subject of stereo versus mono, and that he would prefer... Steve Litchfield's on the game. (laughs) He said he'd prefer the podcast to please, please be in mono, because it causes problems if it's in stereo. So that caused me to think, well, let's have a poll. I put out a poll, and here are the results. 18 people said, I'm not bothered, do what you want. 14 people said they preferred stereo. Three people said they preferred mono simply because they prefer mono. And one person said they prefer mono because technically stereo is an issue. And interestingly, that one person wasn't Steve Litchfield. That's somebody with one ear. <laughs> so the end of all this is I'm going to stay I'm going to stay as we were. 
Uh, if anybody feels very deeply to the contrary, please let me know, either on the group or privately, and we can sort it out. But for the time being, it isn't... I mean, it's not a strict stereo. I'm not putting Ted Salmon right over in one corner and Aidan Bell way across the world on the other. I'm just doing a slight stereo split to give a slight ambience of a feeling of a soundstage, and that's all I'm saying. How super... I hope everyone appreciates your efforts. <laughs> it's interesting, though. I'm, I mean, personally, I believe stereo went out with the Beatles. Mono, sorry. Mono went out with the Beatles. And we live in a world where I can't imagine anything being mixed in mono if it, unless it had to be. So let's, let's not start, though. Maybe not. Well, I'm in the 18, personally. I don't really care. Because um, when, I listen to my, when I listen to podcasts, I just kind of listen on a speaker i suppose it's really more um for people that listen in with headphones yeah yeah i guess so i guess also it's because i'm a snob and i've been brought up largely listening to radio four which does mix in stereo so you listen to a panel show and you'll hear different panelists coming out of different parts of the of the sound spectrum so i suppose it's just what i've become used to as we love to say ted each to their own indeed i'm sure your home is very smart because of it Oh, very good. Thank you. Slinky links provided by Mr. Ted Salmon. <laughs> Smart homes. Oh, oh, you've led me on to my NFC tags. I wasn't going to mention those. <laughs> but oh, yeah. now that you have... No, I won't because people are going to get bored with it. I'll, let me just say I am playing with NFC tags and I have actually found a few uses for them and I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Um, the one I used just now before we started this podcast was holding my phone against an NFC tag which put the phone straight into silent mode and when we finished our recording I hold it against the tag and bop it will come up again. Yes, you could say why don't I just open the phone and press the screen. Well, there you go, each to their own. Yes, indeed. Right. Move on. <laughs> OK, yeah. It does feel to me like it was something we played with about ten years ago and when the novelty worn off, wore off after five minutes, um, it went away. But actually, having rejuvenated it, perhaps there is people. Let us know, good listeners, if you are using NFC tags for clever stuff like that and we will talk about it on the show in a future one. And uh, we'll see how we go. OK, can I, okay now you've got, you got me on the high horse. Now, let me give you one more example. One more that I've used, okay. and it's fabulous. Um, we have a Sunday joint. It's not always on a Sunday. One day during the week, well, I'll, I'll cook up a joint for my mother. And I have, t- and I set various alarms. Put the oven on. Put the turkey in the oven. Now come back and put the veg on. Now come back and do the potatoes. And because I'm an idiot and I can't keep track of time, I like to set alarms on my phone to ring and tell me, hey, Aidan, get in the kitchen and do the next bit of cooking. So normally, when I do the joint, I will set sit down for five minutes and program four or five different alarms into my phone ready for the period of cookery later in the day. Now it's all on an NFC tag. I have an NFC tag in the kitchen and on the day that I'm going to be cooking the joint I just wander in the kitchen, hold the phone up against the NFC tag and boom boom, all the alarms are set for that day. I don't have to do anything else. Right. There. Very good. Aren't you okay, well, that, well, that, that, Yeah, absolutely. That, <laughs> no, all joking aside, I mean, if you found some good use for it, then absolutely great. And maybe maybe our listeners are using them and we just don't talk about it very much. So let us know, everyone, um, if you do use NFC tags, because it might be something we, you know, it's certainly a whatever works for you. So it could be for other people, I guess. OK, Rob okay. Anderson is next. It doesn't stand for no f***ing chance, does it? Sorry, carry on. <laughs> Enough of this foul language, you filthy mouth swine. 
Um, Rob, <laughs> Rob Anderson is next. With regards to the Christmas episode, QWERTY T-shirts, etc., are shipped from Dublin. I think that it was Frank that brought this up because he was taught, he comes from Germany right. and we wondered where they came from. They can sometimes take a while to arrive, but they are um, but are fully worth it when they do. I have quite a, good, a few T-shirts and one jacket which has a Back to the Future Haynes manual twist um on the front of it that so um yeah it was um qwerty with two e's dot com if you want t-shirts link in the show notes um there will be so head across there and you could also track down the post in MeWe if you're really interested in that thank you rob i just wonder whether rob wrote that before or after brexit and whether t-shirts from dublin might take a little longer now but oh, moving yeah. swiftly on, Good Harry, point. sorry, yes, Harry Myrie ha- posted on knitted gloves. Now, I started a thing because of me and my cold hands. I seem to have started quite a quite a movement now of gloves and mittens and socks and heated this, that and the other. And Harry Myrie on knitted glove mitten combo. Unfortunately, something that just wouldn't work for me. I, you know, my hand would just fall off in the cold if I tried to wear a mitten or, a, or, or fingerless gloves. But these do look very nice for those that can wear them. Fingers are free to tap on on your phone, he says. They work great for me and they're available in different sizes. Thick and comfortable, 50% wool, 50% acrylic. Put the flap over to keep them warm and with a piece of Velcro on the back. There's a piece of wearable hog skin on the palm and the thumb, which is non-slip when you hold your pen, phone, bottle or whatever. And he's got two links here, one for Amazon UK, one for Amazon US. And as I say, they do look extremely nice. They're that lovely old-fashioned sort of, you know, Scottish island wool look, which I like very much indeed. Um, I wish my hands were warm warm enough that I could own a pair of these because they do look jolly nice. They do, and they're they're not cheap, are they? £26 um, for a pair of gloves. They they kind of look as though they're worth it, don't they? I think they do. I think they remind me of the the Edinburgh Woolen Mill, rest in peace. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that sort of product, that sort of quality. If I needed them and I had the money, I'd be happy to spend 25 quid on them. But I don't and I don't. (laughs) No, 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 but uh, but but I might. My as we sit here, my hands are freezing cold. I think I need one of these solutions that you've got for your what, piping up your heater from under your desk. Ted Salmon's complaining of the cold. Whatever's oh, happened? Is yeah. that a no, New Year's compl- resolution? I, I, I'm not complaining. <laughs> I never complain about. No, the no, cold. no. You've even it's, mentioned. <laughs> just saying that I'm my hands are cold. Okay. Incidentally, as we uh, as an aside, um, I I linked you up to um, Yang and one of the little machines that they're pushing out. Did you think that that was an interesting one? It's a little um, machine that you plug into your USB, you put it behind your keyboard, and it fires hot air across your keyboard onto your fingers. Was that not a solution for you? Again, Ted, use case. Um, because, you know, the, the reason I've had to do this great Heath Robinson arrangement of bits of piping and things holding heaters at the right angle and in the right places is because I couldn't find anything that does exactly what I want. And unfortunately, this also doesn't do exactly what I want, but certainly would no doubt do what other people might want, which, as you say, is it's built purposely to fire hot air directly at two hands on a computer keyboard. Unfortunately, I'm a two-fingered typist, um, and more than that, the reason my hand gets so cold is because it's sitting motionless on a mouse for a very long time. So it wouldn't work for me. In my particular use case, no, not for me. But my goodness, it does look like just the thing for for other people. Like a lot of the Yanko stuff, it doesn't kind of 
seem like it's available. That Yanko is a Japanese um, website where they they work with innovators, they work with designers, and they work with people that have got great ideas. Ah. A bit like um, what do you call it, Kickstarter. Um, and Indiegogo and that, but but they just seem to have a, a cut above. But they do have a shop area on their website, and I'll put a link in the show notes to Yanko. There's a shop where some some of the stuff is for sale, and you can buy it. Now you have to clearly import it, so you know buyer beware sort of thing. But there's some really interesting stuff on their website, which I do now and then bring to this show, like I just have. Well, I'm glad to know they are genuine. I was wondering if you were Yankoing my chain there for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Ian Barton, save me. <laughs> he always will. The Proviz Cycling Gilet. Gilet. Gilet, oh. <laughs> In this dark and gloomy time of year, says Ian, it's nice to be seen if you are walking on the road or cycling. This jacket isn't cheap at 55 quid, although it's almost always available discounted. So, why would you spend five, 55 quid on a high-vis jacket that you can buy from a fiver for, for a fiver from Lidl? Firstly, it's very well made with a decent zip that's likely to last for years rather than break after five minutes. Secondly, its unique selling point is that it's reversible. On one side, it has a bright yellow colour that disappears under sodium lamp illumination. The reverse has what looks like a silver coating in daylight. However, it contains thousands of small glass beads which shine like a beacon when illuminated by a car headlight. It has a small zip pocket and a perforated back which helps keep down the sweat encountered when using the standard boil-in-the-bag cheapo high-vis jacket from Lidl. I don't know why Lidl have got it in the neck, but <laughs> yes. Thank you, Ian. That does look very, very good. And the way you describe it, it's not, it's not easy to to see those kind of shimmering bits on the picture that you link to at the ProViz website. But um, we'll take your word for it, and, and it certainly sounds like a good solution for being seen. And I agree, Ted. Very beautifully written in this dark and gloomy time of year. It really was. I felt you were reading me a story there, Ted. Poetry. And I tell you what, you know, it, it is reduced. It's not £55, it's £54.99. <laughs> so Ian's right. It's always reduced. Indeed. Thank you, Ian. And from one Ian to other, Ian Watson brings us the LED garage light with four adjustable panels. Oh, yeah, this looks great. This does look interesting. Ian says, I saw these while watching the 8-bit guy on YouTube setting up his new studio. I got a couple for the garage. I'm really impressed with them. While fitting two of them, they didn't seem much different to the normal LED lights before, until I left the garage and realised how much my eyes had adjusted when I entered the kitchen. I couldn't see for a couple of minutes. (laughs) (laughs) These do look interesting, and of course I'm the idiot that facetiously commented, oh, I'm waiting for it to start spinning because it looks like a fan. It just looks like an illuminated ceiling fan to me. Um, I don't know. I think aesthetically, I don't know if it's the kind of thing that appeals to me. But it, the idea of also being able, the, the, the fact that you can lift, you can move these flaps, can't you? It, it looks, dear listener, it does look indeed like a miniature ceiling fan, but it's a light, not a fan. And the four flaps, the four wings, the four propeller blades can be moved up and down so you can actually angle the light. So it mm. does look rather cunning and rather good and at only fourteen ninety nine, rather cheap too. Yeah, you can pretty much throw the light where you want to, can't you? Because uh, presumably you, the, you can individually change the angle of each That's one. what I was so, wondering, because in the picture, all four are always in the same position. So I was yeah. wondering whether they're independently adjustable. Ian, yeah, help well, us out it, here. 
If they, if they are, then you could leave two of them facing downwards and two into a dark corner across in the, you know, you could adjust it for Absolutely. The, the, the situation you're in. But that, it, they look great and, and LED lights are just fantastic, aren't they? They're so bright, it's incredible. I've seen them putting them up in the, the streets over the, the last few years and when you look at these lights and you think, how dull it was before and these things are tiny and they throw so much light on the street it is incredible and they cost less to run and they don't get hot uh, so they're safer yeah they really are incredible um yeah so i think the fact that aiden finds it slightly uh, unpleasant to look at notwithstanding this does look like a marvelous light and i may even buy one and just not look How at much it, it? <laughs> 14.99 oh, 15, oh yeah bless five percent off at the moment oh dear now i'm being tempted <laughs> Let's move on quickly to, to Drake Car Handles. Ah. Steve Litchfield, who? Um, Steve Litchfield, a, who? Yeah, <laughs> that's, the, that's the bloke. <laughs> now not on the game any longer. Um, he had an aching back. And um, he's had an aching back for a while now. And he wondered how he was going to get in and out of his car. But whatever works, he says, the Drake car handle. And if you click through to his blog, which we'll link to in the show notes, you can see that for a 15 quid on Amazon UK, you have this handle and you put it on the latchy thing on the door. So, right, you arrive at your destination, you open the door, you grab the handle from the glove compartment, you then put it on the bit on the the, the frame of the door, um, the upright bit of the door, where the lock normally goes, and the handle goes into that lock, and you can then swivel around and use it to lift yourself out of the car. One hand on the handle and one hand on the, the door or whatever. And it looks like, I mean, I haven't got one, but it looks like it work, would work really well. And I can certainly vouch for the fact that when you've got a bad back, getting in and out of a car is, can be really difficult and painful. So, yeah, he, he explains much more <coughs> in his blog post. So do head across there and read all about it. Um, and, yeah, the, the only downside that I can see is really that you, you, you can't leave it in place. So every time you finish with it, before you shut the door, you've got to take it off again and then put it back in the glove box. Oh, yes, but, yeah, I couldn't but, imagine uh, the damage you might do, do, slamming your car door shut with it in place. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. But And also, I did wonder how many how universal it is, because presumably all those door locks are different. He says he's got a Ford car and that one works perfectly well, but I, I don't know, you'll have to look well, into Well, the, the handle is tapered, isn't it? So, oh no, it isn't, I'm looking at the picture here, because we used to have one. My mother had a knee operation two, three, four years ago, and I got her one of these, which she did use for a short period of time to help her after her operation. And it is brilliant. It works very, very well, um, and I, I applaud the thing. Uh, the one we had, and I think this one too, looking at the picture, is slightly tapered so that it will fit different size cars right so i certainly approve yes i don't know where ours is it's fallen down the hole in the world i have to see if i can find it again fair enough there you go thank you steve hope you get back gets better soon and yes indeed steve all the best for your back and i should get one of these because my car's name is drake incidentally so really i ought to have a drake car handle in 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 You've you've got a name for your car all my cars have names yes indeed all your cars? Oh, my God. How many have you got? <laughs> well, they're all in various... No, no, no. The cars that I have owned throughout the years it's have a, always that, had names. That's typical, isn't it? Only a thespian would do that. <laughs> Some arty-farty bloke like you. I'll, I'll give my, my car a name, <laughs> lovey. An Englishman's car is his castle. Yes, let's move on. Anyway. Watch the birdie. Watch the birdie. This is a lovely one. Um... <laughs> Actually, yes, this is the this is another one from Yanko. This is um, 
the con- I'm, I'm slightly hesitating here because I'm trying to. This, Ian Watson, I think, began the conversation. I, if, if he didn't begin it, he certainly contributed fully to it. And thank you, Ian, for all your thoughts and pictures and ideas and suggestions. The Nest security camera, this one, as I say, from Yanko, which is basically a bird feeder with um, a camera built, well, basically right in front of the bird's Vizog, where the bird would eat, you know, basically a mirror for a bird if it knew what it was. Uh, and so when the bird goes to this feeder and eats, you get an immensely close-up image of said bird, said feeding. Um, very, very beautiful. And that got us into discussing various cameras where you can have ne- nesting boxes and put cameras inside nesting boxes to watch the birds there. And Ian again posted some lovely th- thoughts and um, photographs of his versions of those. But as I say, the particular one we're looking at today is from Yanko, and it is the Nest security camera for birds lets you bird watch from inside your house. The thing is, I'm in two minds about these because, yes, I think it's fabulous to be able to look at your phone and see the bird up close. But there's another part of me that says, oh, to heck with the technology. Just look out of the window or go down the garden and enjoy nature as it's meant to be. Just enjoy the real sight of the real bird, even if you have to stand some distance away. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Um, I I like this. I think if I was someone that would, wants to look at birds and I was interested in looking at birds, um, I would be all over this and I would be using it all the time. Unfortunately, I'm not, so I'm not interested. But it, the principle's great, isn't it? If, if you really enjoyed looking at um, uh, birds that were coming to feed, it would be fantastic. You could just sit and look at it. you get real good close-up views of the birds and even take video of them, I believe, as yes, well. Yes, I'm you sure, shoot. yeah. Yeah, and, uh, you know, if you if you were the kind of person that were a, a, a hobbyist that was into, you know, ornithology and all that sort of stuff, then... It would be absolutely Yes, I wonderful. suppose so. I think if you were, as you say, an ornithologist, a Twitterer, particularly into that, then yes. But I, as a wildlife lover per se, of all wildlife, I prefer to see my wildlife real with my real eyes rather than on a screen. Oh, it's got it's got a, a notification thing as well. It's um so it's not on all the time. You get a, a notification on your phone saying you've got a visitor. Oh, very Turn sweet. Your phone yes. On. <laughs> yeah, again, each to their own. Wonderful if, if if you'd like to look at them on the screen, but if, if you want to just experience nature as God intended it, then no. <laughs> Indeed. And it's certainly at $179. <gasps> um, it is not cheap as chips. Motion sensor light. Ted. Not another one. Well, do you know what, Ted? <laughs> Next, I'm going to wait till you bring on some Bluetooth headphones and say that. <laughs> Ted, I think this is the best cheapest chips ever. Um, uh-huh. I wanted a motion sensor light for my bedroom at night time. And so I did the usual thing. I jumped onto Amazon to see what there was. And I found this. Now, I bought this sensor light. It's sturdy metal. I mean, it really has some heft and some gravitas and some feeling of quality to it, you know, like a a motion sensor light made by Nokia. You get a fairly short length micro USB charge cable. You get four little circular metal discs and matching 3M double-sided sticky pads so you can stick the metal discs wherever you want it because the sturdy metal casing of the light has a magnet at one end and to other which clamp very securely and fastly and strongly and safely to the metal pads that you've stuck wherever you want them to be. 
you charge this thing up for, I think it took an hour or two to charge. And then it's the, the same, the conventional thing. There's a PIR sensor on it. And when you walk past, the light comes on for 30 seconds, and then it goes off. The on-off switch is touch sensitive. It's not actually a physical switch. You just touch it. Um, and as I say, it's, it's got little tiny, tiny weenie screws at each end if you should have to take it apart, as of course I did because I wanted mine dimmer. So I took it apart and I shoved some um, black paper inside so I could make the whole thing dimmer. The bit that is astounding, Ted, is that this whole thing cost £2.99. When you bought it? Well, well th there we are. When I bought it. Now, if I, if I were to click the link right now, live on air, as we record, it's now £4.89, which is what I saw a few days later when this thing arrived. And I was so bowled over by it. I said, well, call on me. I've got to have another one of those. So I got on to buy another one. And indeed, it had gone up because it's a slightly bigger one. This one, which is now £4.89, still cheapest chip, still under a fiver, still incredible value. 2.5 watts, 2,000 milliamp battery, rechargeable, same as before, exactly the same as before, except this one is about 30-something-odd centimetres long, whereas the previous one was 20-odd-something centimetres long. So they're identical, but for being two different sizes, at two different prices. But both of them, I wholeheartedly recommend. I am astounded at what you get for that money. For the price of a cup of coffee, less than a cup of coffee if you're a Starbucks snob, you can get an amazing metal, rechargeable, PIR, motion sensor light that is... You, to, to, I mean, to, you, to bring them into the show today, I just yanked it off and brought it in. And when I finished, I'll go back in my bedroom and pop it on the wall again. So I'm absolutely astounded. I love these things and I'm seriously considering buying a couple more. Not that I need them, just to have them in the house for the next time that I do. There. So how do you stick it on the wall? You stick it on the wall with, a, as I say, a tiny little, it's about the size of a pound coin, a little metal disc which has a 3M double-sided sticky pad. So you stick that to the wall right. oh, yeah, and yeah. then you adhere the light magnetically to it and remove it and replace it ad, ad infinitum. A full charge takes four to five hours. You said one hour. Yeah, I mean, it's got, it's got a lovely little LEDs. Oh, yeah, by the way, when the light comes on, it doesn't just come on. It just quickly fades in and quickly fades out. So you've got a very smooth transition from nothing to full brightness. And it's got two very... It's got a red and green, you know, standard charging signals, little tiny LEDs. Um, yeah, it didn't take four hours. I mean, maybe they arrived half-charged. So I'd have to, um, <laughs> you know, I'd, I'd need to give you a user case later down the line when I know exactly how long they take to charge even if they take four hours to charge ted that doesn't bother me in the slightest get up in the morning bang it on charge put it back at the end of the day and it's good for another i don't know what weeks um micro usb charging yes as i say not usb uh c unfortunately micro usb uh yeah yeah absolutely i'm all i'm all with this um four pound 89 absolute bargain and um, great idea. And well as we were just saying on one of the previous items, LED lights bright as f So, um, <laughs> you got you you've got your very polite mouth on today, haven't <laughs> no, you? No, I just love putting beeps in the show. Listen, I'll f swear on this f show, you f with knobs on. <laughs> Shall we move on quickly before last I get time, fired? Last, last time when he did this, dear listener, he missed one, and the show nearly went out with that in it. Good job I listened through. <laughs> oh, dear. No, but seriously speaking, really, the best, cheapest chips I've ever brought on the show. I, I can't recommend them highly enough. OK. Away from this filth, <laughs> let's move on to something. Actually, this is kind of a, a stick-on light as well, in a way. Mm, it's indeed. called the Arlimi Motorcycle Clock. 
waterproof stick-on clock and temperature meter with backlight button. Ooh. I wanted one of these for my moped, actually. Um, and the, the my little moped is great. And um, I don't really need a clock and a temperature meter on my moped. But just occasionally, I kind of wonder in my 10-minute journey, wherever I'm going, what time it is. And you can't really take your gloves off and look at your watch or your um, or your phone. So I thought, I'll just stick a little clock on my dashboard. Dashboard? On my handlebars. <laughs> um, and so this little thing did the trick. It was, it, it's a bit of a cheat, actually, because when I bought it, a bit like you, it was under a fiver, but it has now gone up to seven quid. But but actually, it, it's, a, it's a nice little um, thing about an inch wide and about nearly an inch tall. And it comes with a couple of sticky pads and you stick it wherever you want to. You fire it up and get it going and um, it tells you the time. It's got a little button on the side that you put a pen in to, to adjust this, the, the time and the if you want Fahrenheit or centigrade um, and it tells you those two things. It, it's not too great with the backlight to be honest. I did try it one day on my moped mm -hmm. in the darkness and I can just about press the button with my gloves on to illuminate it, but actually it, you couldn't really see it very clearly. But in the daylight, it's absolutely fine. You can read it quite clearly. Um, it seems to keep the time and the, and the temperature pretty accurately. Um, the casing is see-through, and if you look at the back of it, there's two watch batteries in it, and they do actually say that they'll last a year, so we'll see if they do or not. But it's... I mean, you might find, someone like you might find a way to replace the batteries. But I think most people, the, the general idea is that you chuck it away and buy a new one after the batteries have run out. Because I can't imagine you getting the waterproofing back around it properly and making sure that it doesn't. Um, anyway, each to their own on that. Um, I probably would just buy another one. Yes. But it's a, yeah, nice little thing. Nice little dinky clock and does the job for me. Whatever works. I curse you, Mr. Salmon. Oh. If you remember, about half a year ago, I was desperately looking for a thermometer for my car. Um, and now you found it. Oh. Um, and we're all stuck at home and not allowed to go anywhere. But I, <laughs> as soon as I'm ever allowed to drive anywhere ever again, I shall certainly get me one of these. Even though, Judge Barton, it no longer qualifies as cheapest chips. Yeah, <laughs> but no, seriously speaking, this does. It is actually exactly what I was looking for before. So thank you for finding it, Ted. And I'm glad to hear you're happy with it. And I will be buying myself one one day if we ever are allowed out of our houses. Well, shop around because um, you you probably will find it under a fiver somewhere. Yes. Even if you, even if you have to go to AliExpress or something. I want one. I want one. I want one. I want one of those. Ian Barton's back. Oh, hello, Ian. With the LED again. More LED. It's the LED. Galaxy. It's the day of the LED today, isn't it? It's good. It is, isn't it? This is the Galaxy projector, though. A star projector nightlight with colourful nebula cloud. Yes. Adjustable speed and brightness. Starry Galaxy projector with remote control. Very simply, this is a kind of almost children's... Well, it's not really children's. It could be anyone's. It's a, a nightlight. Um, which you stick on your bedside cabinet and you turn it on and you shine it up on the ceiling and you feel as though you're travelling through space as you try and drop off, I suppose. Um, yeah, very, very nice and pretty and nice. You can adjust it for brightness and speed of rotation and what you see and what you don't see and colours and blah de blah de blah I guess it is really designed for children to get to sleep 
at night too. But um, it's very nice regardless for anyone, isn't it? I, very, very nice. Well done indeed. It's gorgeous. I mean, there are two kinds of these, aren't there? There, as you say, there are the, 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 the ones that could be seen as for kids. It doesn't really matter what the patterns and designs are as long as they look nice. And then there are the serious ones where you actually buy different genuine galaxies and you can actually learn about the real stars uh, from using them. I love the look of this one. The problem is when you look at something like this, the pictures always make it look incredible. I've been stung like this before in the past buying these snow projectors for the front of the house that look amazing. And then when you buy one, you can barely see it because it's so weak. So the thing is, yes, I want one of those, but only if it's as good as the pictures yeah. make it appear. Depends if you've got 40 quid to spare. I, I suppose. suppose it does. Yes, it's quite. I think it looked really nice. And I would. Um, yeah, if I had 40 quid to spare, I, I would buy one and play with it and then probably not turn it on for a while. Yeah, I suppose £14 isn't a huge amount of money to spend on spec. Not as much as $108,000 on spec. $108,000? Yeah, and not only, it's for a pair of headphones. I mean... <laughs> These are the Apple AirPods, which, although I'm not an Apple man, I've never been an Apple man, I'm not particularly interested in Apple. Nevertheless, who hasn't heard about this hoo-ha about the new AirPod Max headphones from Apple uh, over the ear cans and these are the gold variant which as far as I can gather their USP <laughs> is uh, solid gold it must be mustn't it there's some I mean to cost that much money I must confess um, I haven't actually read the article that's linked to um, I'm I can't really get myself terribly interested in these headphones that look to me like the handle of a Gucci handbag that's fallen off I nah I mean <laughs> Yeah, you'd, you, you I mean you'd have to be a rich Saudi prince to, to to just want to buy a pair of these just to give to your fourteen wives. I mean, really, I don't know what to say about this. Yeah. It's extraordinarily expensive headphones. Spotted by Philip Tomlinson, though. So thank you, Philip. That is, that does look like absolute madness, doesn't it? And they're, they're not um, all gold. There's, there's kind of gold around the the the, the, the cups and. Right. And some of the joints and stuff, but yeah, very very silly. And I don't even know if it's real. I mean, it might be. It might oh, be. I wouldn't, a mock I wouldn't be at all surprised if it's real. I mean, I remember we've discussed on, <laughs> on on various podcasts the headphones per se, which are coming in around what five six hundred pounds. And who would spend that much money on headphones? And if they did, would they really want to buy them from Apple and not from someone else like Sennheiser or AKG or Sony? Uh, yeah, it's or in this case, the Russian company called Caviar. They are known for making luxury variants of popular tech gadgets, and um, they've obviously done caviar. This before, oh, that's so. fish eggs, isn't it? It is, right? It is. You're right out there, lad. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're obviously they're obviously famous for this. And this story is in Mac Rumors, which is a reputable um, Mac Apple kind of website, so probably is true. Well, from the sublime to the ridiculous, tell us the ridiculous, Ted. <laughs> The Ridiculous is something I've nicked from um, the uh, Tech Addicts podcast, actually, so we won't spend too much time on it. But this is a KFC games console with built-in chicken warmer. <laughs> so you play... This thing, apparently, oh, is a, a proper me. pucker games machine, and you hook it up to your telly or whatever your, your, your handheld device is and play games with it. But while you're doing it, inside it, you can turn it on, it's got a heater in it, and you can cook your chicken in it. And it, it's all very... I think it's... We said on Tech Addicts, it seems like a bit of a gimmick, really. It and, seems like um, an April Fool's thing. The fact yeah, that somebody's yeah. actually made one of these. 
we we reckon that it's probably just going to be a limited edition um collector's item in time and um just very very silly but yeah absolutely if there was one of those i'd want one <laughs> I just love it. I did. I also pity the poor farmer who thinks it's actually for keeping her chickens warm <laughs> indoors. <laughs> oh dear me! Right. Okay. What else have Very we got? Silly. And let's try and find something a little bit more sensible. Oh, this one's mine. <laughs> I don't know if it's any more sensible, but this one I found. David Baker. Very kindly recommended some Reynard's gloves for me again. I, I when I started this. Um, thing about heated this that and the other for my poor Reynards. I don't actually officially have Reynards but I certainly do have an incredibly cold right hand which doctors over the years have said is indicative of Reynards disease and as I say David Baker very kindly re recommended some gloves. I couldn't find them initially and in searching I discovered the Reynards Syndrome website which has all sorts of goodies. It's a real Aladdin's cave of heated this, that and the other which I think could be very interesting to regular people who don't have cold extremities, not just to you with your feet and me with my hands. And in keeping with that thought, on that website I have found the Port West S547 Reynards Syndrome heated jacket. It's basically a fairly standard looking jacket. It's, I believe, 100% polyester, so it's not the greatest jacket in the world. But it's got four carbon fibre heating panels in it. Two on the front, on the breasts, two on the back, on the back. Um, it's powered by a 10,000 milliamp battery, which claims to give three to ten hours. The really cool bit is it's got a lovely little on-off switch on the front. If you, there's, I've linked to a video which you might want to watch on YouTube, which uh, is a one-minute video that's a quick advert for this thing. And it looks like something out of Star Trek. You sort of touch your breast and on comes this thing. And it's got three settings, you know, low, medium and high. Uh, the battery sits on a in a pocket inside. It's also got a concealed mobile phone pocket on the inside, apparently. And it just looks fabulous. I don't really need one. It's only my hand that gets cold to the point that I should be spending money on helping it. I mean, this would be an extravagance, not a necessity, but it doesn't half look nice. A puffer jacket. Is that all you have to say, Ted? Three words. A pucker jacket. No, puffer. A <laughs> oh, puffer, puffer jacket. It's a puffer jacket. That's what it looks like. It looks like one of these puffer jackets that have got, you know, um, quilted uh, bits. Yeah, yes, it, it does. Yeah. And actually, one of the things it says is that these quilty bits are heat, uh, thermo heat, blah, blah, this, that and the other, blah, blah. There's something clever about the way it's sewn together. Three to ten hours of heat. Yeah. You're only allowed one, a one hour. <laughs> well, there you go, then. It'll last you a week. <laughs> you could do a week's worth of COVID walks with this jacket on. Yeah, very good. I, it's great seeing stuff like this that is really appealing to um, making stuff available to people that really need it. And um, uh, yeah, it might be expensive, but then um, organisations like com no doubt are um, very, very niche and they've got to charge. The, it's a bit like us with our, um, you know, making our, our merchandise for whatever works. The, the, the prices, everyone realised, were, were, were high because... It's very, very specific and niche, and you've got to you've got to charge what the the, yes. the base based on turnover and demand uh, supply and demand. Um, so yeah, if you really needed one of those, it would be great. One hundred and thirteen quid, you know, it's not 
if you really needed and could make use of it, it's not that outrageously priced. Oh, is indeed, it? you could easily spend a hundred pounds plus on a on an outdoor jacket just for a regular one. And just for fun, I went onto Amazon and I looked I looked up heated jackets, and there are a few, and they're of a similar price. But of course, they're made by Ying Yang Yo Company, and you think, well, who's this, and where are they from, and what's that going to be like? Again, I I would hope that somewhere like the Reynard's Disease website would have quality products that can be trusted. Oh, no, there's a label on it, made by Ying Yang Wo. Oh, shush, sir. <laughs> Sing us a song. Still using, still using. Beautifully sung, Mr. Salmon. And, you know, I should also point out, it's very good that you, the only jingle you sung is the one that's called Still You Sing. <laughs> Still you sing. Still you sing. Very good. Okay. <clears throat> Enough of that nonsense. Now, I mentioned AliExpress earlier on because this is the thing that I'm still using from when I brought it to Whatever Works 97 in December 19, so just over a year ago, the Xiaomi Precision Screwdriver Set, which oh, I was I wowing about. I really remember, good. yes. Yeah, so it really is excellent. It remains in daily use, um, and it's a box which kind of slides out um, from a sheath and inside the sheath you've got this really classy looking um, screwdriver which is made beautifully it really is it, just hold it you know it's really classy and then about 400 different um, attachments to put in the end all arranged nicely on the other side of the the, the box and and you put which one in you like to use obviously and and that's it. There's also a, an electronic version of this. I remember someone pointing out at the time you could get an, a, a battery driven one. Um, and they just are absolutely gorgeous. The Xiaomi stuff seems to be really nicely made generally. Yes. Um, now, when I bought it, I can't I, honestly. I can't remember how much it was, but I, I, you can buy it from a third party on Amazon for twenty five quid, which is, I think, significantly more than I paid. Um, you can buy it also, though, from um, AliExpress. And I, I was saying to you off air before we started that I yes. was quite interested in AliExpress these days because somebody in the group was shouting about it. I think it was Robert McCrowan um, who said that he buys stuff there all the time and he can't understand why anyone does anything else, and etc., etc. And if you go to the AliExpress website, it is really, really interesting with lots of stuff. I mean, I personally wouldn't trust... 200 or 300 quid for a phone from them. Um, but I'm sure that other people do, and it's absolutely fine. But if you're spending, I don't know, 15, 20 quid on something, like a Xiaomi Precision Screwdriver set, then I think that I'd be absolutely willing to risk that money. And the more you use it, the more stuff arrives, and the more you get it, the more likely you are to continue to, to, to use it. But yeah, I'll put a link in the show notes to AliExpress, but more importantly to my Xiaomi Precision Screwdriver set. I remember you getting these and I remember being jealous when you got them because I already have a set and had a set then and just some made by Ying Yang Yong set of similar screwdriver pieces so I couldn't justify buying another one but this did then and does now look very sexy, Ted. I like this a lot. But yeah. it is gorgeous. It's, it's sexy and cute and I wish I didn't already own one from Ying Yang Yong. Yeah, indeed. But go and check out AliExpress. It's really interesting. Loads of interesting stuff on there. Now, I'm still using something which, according to our show notes, I bought in June. And this is a bit of a mystery because I am utterly convinced. Cheat. 
I no, I I know that I've had this for a good year by now. So I like your story. <sighs> it's a blimp, isn't it? A good year. So anyway, uh, with apologies if I have screwed up and it's less than a year. But given that it's so ruddy cold at the moment, it's I'm allowed to mention my ember heated mug. Um, not cheap. I'm afraid it's one of those things that Naughty Aiden spends more money than he should on. I don't remember the exact price now. Uh, there's a link to it and I shall fill dead air while I look at the link on Amazon, which tells me that it's currently unavailable. <laughs> so I don't know what it costs, but it's over 100 quid. It was 120, 30, something like that. Not cheap. But what it is basically is it's a mug with a built in heating element at the base. Uh, it charges on its little saucer that it sits on and it heats well keeps hot your cup of tea or coffee or whatever you've got in there and it's fantastic and I have used it every single day since I bought it um, I've got it in my hand at the moment I'm drinking my tea from it during this podcast it is remarkable you know, I mean we all have that sort of subconscious knowledge that if we've put down a cup of tea and we've gone and done something when we come back five minutes later we're going to pick it up and we just know that the temperature is going to be less and we expect that with this thing it still shocks me I put it down I go into the garage and do whatever I'm doing with my Heath Robertson project I come back indoors I pick up the tea and I burn my mouth with it because it's still a beautiful hot drinking temperature I really really love this thing um, like so many things that I own I don't use half the facilities. It's full of bells and whistles if you want to. It Bluetooths to the phone. There's an app. You can program the temperature to come on and go off and change. It's got different coloured LEDs that indicate the different states that it's in. I don't have anything to do with any of that. I remember when I first bought it, I set it up in the app and I set the maximum temperature and that's it. And since then, I haven't touched it and it simply comes on and goes off. It's automatic. It knows when there's liquid in it. It heats up when there's liquid in it. It doesn't heat up when there's no liquid in it. You don't have to turn anything on or off you can wash it up not in the dishwasher but you can wash it up in the normal way in the kitchen just make sure you dry quickly the um what's it called the the contact point on the bottom because that could damage if it stays wet other than that just use it like a regular mug and i love it and i'm still using it while you've been talking i've been testing aliexpress and in the show notes there i'm going to give you a link okay so yes i've got what, that to what looks like a really cheap version of very similar product, oh. which might which might actually kind of demonstrate the the kind of um, benefits of the AliExpress thing. I've I, I got no interest in AliExpress, you know, in terms of um, I'm not I'm not plugging them for any reason. No. just that when I've I've gone there I've, and you start digging around, you, you, there's just really interesting hordes of stuff in there. But and you see, this is where I'm so happy with whatever works and with whatever works does. This mug that you've just linked to does indeed look very interesting. $28. I mean, a fraction of the price yeah. I paid for mine. But isn't it lovely to have Chris and Ian's of various hue to come in and say, I own this. I can vouch for it. It's a good yeah. one. As opposed to, oh, bugger, I spent £28 on AliExpress and it was made of plastic and it died after three days. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, two sides of the same uh, yes, coin there. Yes, and And one can explore and take risks or one can wait for us to tell you how good things are. But, you know, the Ember heated mug, 120 quid or thereabouts it was, I think. Yes, um, it although was around. I think at one point it was 95 quid. Anyway... Um, you know, uh, AliExpress, uh, 28 quid. It might be rubbish, but we wouldn't know unless we try it, I suppose. Yes, and again, as we said earlier, with the, the, the 40 quid for the projector for the bedroom, $28 isn't a huge amount of money, you know, if you take a punt. You know, as I've proven, I mean, I spent two ninety nine on an LED light 
this week, and it's the best thing I've ever bought. So, yeah. you know. Indeed. Reviews. <laughs> right, that's my next jingle. <laughs> what a shame I don't have one. You've sung that beautiful thing. You'll have to give us your review, Ted. I'm afraid I haven't bought anything this week. I haven't really got a review. Um, I've got a um, a story about how we passed Christmas and New Year and lockdown, which was to do jigsaw puzzles. Ah. And I haven't done a jigsaw puzzle in decades, but my mum um, has, and she likes doing uh, jigsaw puzzles on her computer. Um, but we decided to get one of these big boards, and we got a big board, a jigsaw puzzle board, which folds up into itself and flaps all in so that you can not lose it. Put it out on the dining room table and fold it up and put it away underneath the bed or underneath the whatever. Yeah. And get it out of the way. We did try and stand it up on its end. Um, and it, when it says you're, you should be able to do that, but we stood it up on the end, and when we took it out one time, it, it was okay a couple of times, and one time some of the pieces had kind of fallen, and we 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 kind of we weren't sure if that really was a good. Anyway, lay it flat underneath something, and it's much better. So, jigsaws, we had great fun with them. Um, we we decided that the ones that we wanted to do were five hundred piece ones. Um, right. based on our eyesight and the sizes of the pieces. Um, we did actually get a 1,000-piece one, but it was so tiny, it was ridiculous. We couldn't see it. But we've had really, really good fun, and we recommend it completely. Um, and if people you know, are looking for something to pass the time, why not? Why not nostalgiate? Why not better be foriate? And, nostalgiate? Um... What a lovely word. <laughs> <laughs> and, and try... Doing a jigsaw. Now, since I posted this on um, Better, Better Before, since I posted this on Whatever Works on the MeWe group, lots of people jumped in and said, yes, I still do that. One person said, yeah, we get one jigsaw every Christmas and we really enjoy doing it as a family. Um, other people coming out of the woodwork saying, yeah, 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 absolutely. So it is a popular pastime still. And I have to say that I didn't particularly think, if you told me this, you know, um, a couple of years ago that I'd be doing this, I, I kind of wouldn't believe you really, but I, I certainly wouldn't have believed I'm particularly enjoying it, but it's actually really good fun. It's really engaging, makes you concentrate, makes you think. It gets you away from screens and computers and, and, and phones, and it's just a really, really good pastime. Thoroughly recommended. Get your jigsaw out, everyone. I can only concur. I must nostalgiate because I haven't done a jigsaw like yourself, Ted, for ever and a day. I mean, I remember as a boy, as an early teenager, enjoying jigsaws very much. And then that's just something I lost as I grew old and cynical. So, yeah, I must I must do so. I shall obtain a jigsaw puzzle and I shall do it there. Yeah, well, you, you might find your mum might enjoy it as well. But yeah, you never know. Maybe I can. It depends what the picture is. <laughs> Enthuse her. I shall, sir. <laughs> Better before. I, I cry and weep for the, the 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 loss of better before the the podcast that we created, which was so much fun, and it went away. I do too, Ted. I do too. The only consolation I can really offer is that we can say that better before was better before. But yeah, I miss it very much too, as well. So let me bring you a little tiny sliver of better before today. Okay. I'm afraid this is Aiden with his slightly pedantic hat on. Well, yes and no. What struck me again looking up my ember mug to bring it onto the onto the podcast is that now that we live in a world that is so 
digital, where everything happens in a digital domain, I think companies have to think carefully about the names that they give to products. I tried looking up an Ember coffee mug, E-M-B-E-R. And when I looked it up, all that was coming back was December, November, remember. Um, my mother uh, said to me that there was a film she remembered seeing and wanted to see it again. And it was called Star. And could I find a film called Star? Well, of course, as soon as I searched for film star, I got pictures of film stars or star movie. I got movie stars. Uh, and then I put, you know, and then if you put, well, cast star, you just get the star cast of the latest film. And actually finding a film whose title was the word star took me some time. And even if that some time was only five minutes, it's a shame that I couldn't have done it instantly as one can with so many other things. And it just strikes me that these days, you know, if I was starting a company, I would call it Cluttock Thar. I wouldn't call it um, Happy Sky because anybody who decided, oh, let's look for Aiden's company, Happy Sky, would find Sky Television and Sky God knows what. Um, that was all, really. I just think it was better in a way. It was better before digital came along. And so if you looked up an Ember coffee mug, then you would simply find an Ember coffee mug if you were looking it up in, oh, I don't know what you'd look it up in before digital, come to think of it. But the names were easier to cope with before digitization happened. Am I talking rubbish? The other, well, the other side of that coin is that if you were starting a company and you wanted it to get as much flood coverage as you could, you might well do better to call it um, Sky Coffee Cups. Because whenever anyone then searches for Sky, yes, of course, they're going to get Sky TV for the first few hits. But somewhere down there, you're going to be in there in amongst people searching for Sky. Um, so you can see why they might want to do that. However, I'm I'm sure that the uh, when they were doing Ember, no one thought about the the fact that it was in the middle of November and um, and and remember. Um, I, I think the play of Ember is uh, is to do with embers. Of oh things, yes, of course, it? yes, yes. Yeah, um, but but yeah, I, I think the other side of that coin is that um, companies now. Um, would say, yeah, let's let's make it something which will come up on a search and not have our customers to think of some bizarre word like Xiaomi, for example, um, where they, they they have to, you know, they're not going to stumble across it, is what I'm trying to say. Um, yeah, but that means so, they're going to find it immediately if it was an unusual only, word. Uh, but only if they know it. Right, I see uh, what you, uh, I see what you're yeah. saying, Ted. Not only do people look for a specific search term. But people, the the, the 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 owners of the search term want people to stumble upon it by osmosis, by yeah, yeah, by chance, yeah, by, by, by casual search. Yes, yes, okay. Um, and, and there's also there's also the thing about um, thing uh, um, names being run out of. I'm can't, I'm not saying that properly. The, the, like like they say that every tune that that is available now has, oh, yes, has been yes, written. Oh yes, 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 yes. You know, they say like, right. Well, well, actually, it's really hard now to come up with a calling something that hasn't already been yes, done or, yeah. or isn't associated with someone else. Um, and if you were um, creating a company now, doing something, it's actually much harder now to think of something unique if you want to go to the, down the unique road and not the let people stumble on it road. Am I making sense? Yes, actually you are. Yeah. So uh, as we so often said in Better Before, uh, you know, two sides of the same coin. Um it was a good topic, though, it and was... I'm very glad to have seen better before back. <laughs> well, dear listener, <laughs> is Aidan just being silly again, or does that have legs? Let us know. Do you have legs? 
<laughs> Does Aiden have legs? <laughs> it's only January. And I'm going to keep my pedant's hat on just for a couple of moments more for my Room 101 contribution this week. Forms that ask you what city you live in. I don't live in a city. Uh, now, I actually achieved something. And the reason I want to bring this on is because I'm actually quite proud of myself. I caused there to be a change in the world on account of my pedanticism. Um, I belong to a... Uh, I'm signed up to a company called People for Research, which is various online research. Uh, and I get emails from them from time to time asking me various questions and I fill them in. And if I qualify and I'm, if my con conditions are correct, then I might take part in the study and get some money for it. Very, very rarely reaches that point, but it's nice to fill in the forms. It's good fun. And they are always saying, what is your nearest city? So I am always pedantically putting St Albans because St Albans is officially a city. They have a cathedral and it's the closest city to me. Actually, London would be a more sensible answer because I live in Hatfield in Hearts, which is quite close to London. But no, Mr Pedant's going to say St Albans. Well, the other week they asked this question, so I wrote St Albans, and then I put in brackets afterwards something to the effect of, I don't live in St Albans, but I live in Hatfield, which is a town, not a city. Lo and behold, starting this week, their forms now say, where do you live, town, city or village? <laughs> Result. Result. Um, yeah, it's just a pedanticism of mine. You can't say, what city do you live in when not everyone lives in a city? They mean town, village, dwarf, hamlet. Please interrupt me. Talk about something else because I'll take my hat off and stand in the corner now. <laughs> yeah, the, the forms online are littered with issues that there's one where I live in I live in I live in a county in North Wales called Conwy C-O-N-W-Y and it used to be called Cluid and they changed all the boundaries about I don't know 25 years ago literally that that kind of length right. of time ago and there are still databases on online forms that will not let you put Conwy in they, when you try and put Conwy in or drop down a list of available counties, it's just not there, and they will not play ball unless you put Cluid in. And um, you know, so so yeah, online forms are just stupid and often outdated. Oh yes, or the one um, when you have to say what country you live in. And now, do I live in England? Yeah or United Kingdom, or Great Britain. So you settle on United Kingdom, so you scroll to the bottom for you for United, only to discover that everything's alphabetised except United Kingdom, which is at the top. In actual fact, all you need is a, um, a house number or house name and a postcode. That's it. Yes. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Do you know, I, 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 the pause is, I was wondering whether to tell you about Kevin Street, and I will. There's a town in the UK called Street, and apparently, I, I may be wrong, and listeners will correct me, I, I believe there is a road in Street called The Street. Well, a guy, this is probably hypocritical, but I love it. A guy whose name was Kevin Street moved to live in Street, and he bought a house, and he changed the name of the house to Street, so his address was Kevin Street, Street, The Street, Street. I've finished. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Sounds almost <laughs> mythical. Oh, please. Let's... One of the Ians needs to save us from this turmoil. 
Indeed. Ian Barton is next. Stupid mail... Well, actually, it's a related topic, really, um, mm. in, a, in a way. Stupid mailing lists, say, uh, says Ian Barton, that require you to click on a link. Our local neighbourhood watch does a good job of informing people about scams and local burglaries. Um, however... The only way you can reply is to click on a graphic link which redirects you to a web page. However, when will people learn? Do not click on links in email addresses. I've pointed out this to them several times, but they don't get it. And I, and I completely understand what you're saying here, Ian. We have been told not to click on links in email messages. Um, if you are receiving an email from someone who's sending you, I don't know, a link to a picture of the, on uh, Google Photos, and you know the person, and you that you you're expecting it, then that's kind of different. But if you've got a message from Neighbourhood Watch, which is probably forwarded by someone, which has been forwarded by someone else, and who knows where it started life out, and who knows what code is in the um, in the email itself? Yes, absolutely, you're right. They they should not encourage. You to do this um, any more than a bank should encourage you to um, take their phone call as we've said before on whatever works um, and, and and trust it's them and thankfully they've stopped doing that now um, and they uh, contact you in different means or you, or they ask you to contact them directly on the, the known phone number so yeah lots of these kind of online safety things which places such as some neighbourhood watch schemes obviously are encouraging people to not act safely. Aidan. Yes, I can. I agree, Ted. Um, I think, it, again, it comes down to that business of common sense, and this is what I discussed with my mother in terms of email. As you say, Ted, if Aidan Bell sends you an email saying, hey, look, this is me singing, I'm sure you'd love to see it. Well, you wouldn't. But, you know, you'd know you could trust that <laughs> link. But if, again, if it's something, as you've, as you've described well, if it's come from even Neighbourhood Watch, where you think, oh, I can trust my Neighbourhood Watch, they're responsible. But as you say, Ted, it could have done a round robin by the time it reaches you, and goodness knows what may have found its way into that link by that point. So, yeah, common sense. Common sense prevails. Here, here. Room 101 for that and Room 101 for whatever it was you were talking about. <laughs> it's so nice to be appreciated. <laughs> I had an amazing experience with Amazon this week that really I think is worthy of Goldstar. Not that they did anything out of the ordinary, but just their general service seems to be so good. My mother wanted a diary. We got onto Amazon. We found a diary she liked. I ordered it. The diary arrived. I gave it to my mother. Very quickly, the next day, the diary arrived. My mother started to fill in the diary. She then came to me and she said, this is a 2020 diary. It's 2021, Aidan. So we had a laugh and realised that between us we'd ordered a 2020 diary by mistake. I went on to Amazon to put in the return and I honestly wrote in the box where you write what's wrong. I wrote, you know, we ordered the wrong year. This diary has now been written in. It still popped up saying you may return this now. You know, so we went through the whole procedure. I returned it. I ordered a new one. And the same evening, the new diary arrived. So mm. it's the fact that not only is there delivery extremely fast when it needs to be. We ordered the diary in the morning. It arrived at seven o'clock in the evening, which is incredible, especially in lockdown, I think. But not only that, they accepted the return of the first one, which was entirely my mother's and my mistake. Even though my mother had written in it, thus making it unusable for anyone else, they accepted the return. So... Good on Amazon. Good on Amazon, I Indeed, think. Indeed, yes. And Philip Tomlinson feels the same. He says Amazon Spain get a gold star. 
Philip says he was impressed with Amazon. I ordered an electric scooter, he said, a week ago, worth £500. Oh, my goodness. Now, Ted, I've read this story. This is amazing. He said, I ordered an electric scooter worth £500. However, after four days, the tracking detail said your package could be lost. You can claim a refund now. So, says Philip, I contacted customer services who gave me a refund instantly in the form of a gift voucher, which was fine as me as I just ordered a different scooter from Amazon. The next day, there's a knock at the door and lo and behold, the original scooter arrived. I contacted Amazon customer services in Spain who said that on this occasion, as you already have the refund, you can keep the original scooter and the refund and they cancelled the second one. So basically, they gave me a scooter worth £500 as a Christmas present. It just shows you, doesn't it, that Amazon are such a huge company turning over such a colossal amount of money that for them, 500 quid is like 50p would be for you or I. They just it's just not worth the effort of going through even just the effort of getting a label produced to send the thing back. They say, oh, no, just keep it. It's quicker and easier. That that's amazing. I mean, on the other hand, if I was running Amazon, I think I'd fire the person that took that decision. It's mad, isn't it? Well, you know, it's very nice for Philip, and it's great, and it and it gives a really good impression for Amazon, but you know that that's just wrong, isn't it? You know, you, that that's that's not good business. I I don't know. I I, I do uh, agree with you, Ted, and I think that's the other problem with them being such a huge company. They in the end, you know, they they they, they lose touch with the customer, with the personal touch, and the whole thing is done on computers. I mean, it's the same thing. The same reason that I know my mother's diary was. I mean, I could have written in that box, I have put anthrax on every second page of this diary. They still would have popped up saying, you can return it now because nobody reads it. Yeah, yeah. And similarly, Amazon UK, moving back from Spain, Darren Steele, I decided to buy me and a wife a Kindle each. I bought a four gigabyte entry level Kindle to find out um, there is a label on the box covering the four gigabytes with um, eight gigabytes (laughs) over the top. Well... And it looks like, in actual fact, it does look like the all of the four gigabyte Kindles um, have been upgraded to eight gigabyte Kindles, no extra charge, um, with labels covering the old one over um, Well Done Amazon UK. So that is clearly a decision they've taken, um, old stock. They, they must have got the old stock out of the boxes and... That's that's hard to believe, isn't it? Or well, unless they're using old boxes, and yeah, yeah, maybe that's it. They're using up old stock of old boxes and just putting the new ones in the old boxes, and then put a sticker over the top. Yeah, perhaps. That's but again, it. anyway, it's, yeah. it's easier and quicker for Amazon to do that than it would be to backtrack and say, no, you can't have that. You've got to have the eight gig. It's going to cost you more money. Blah blah blah. They, yeah, it's just quicker yeah. for them to. Wow. Indeed. Yeah. So well done indeed to Amazon. It seems it's Amazon's week. For gold stars. It does, and I got the bum end of the deal. All I got was a 2021 diary. Philip Tomlinson got a (laughs) £500 scooter. (laughs) Still, I had my grocery delivery this week, and they didn't have any small-sized meatballs, and they gave me a big packet of meatballs instead. So, no, no, no. Philip Tomlinson, you didn't get that, did you? (laughs) (laughs) Hurrah. Anyway, there you go. Another one done. Another one in the can. Another one bites the dust. Be- Sorry. <laughs> what a- I keep I, I keep going to call it better before now. Aww. Whatever works dot works. Whatever works dot works is where you'll find our 
um, uh, our website and links to the all the shows, past and present. TezSalmon.com is where you'll find me, AidenBell.com for Aiden. And don't forget to head across to the Mimi group. Let us know whatever works in your life. We'll bring the highlights of that to future shows. Indeed. Which, the next of which will be in two weeks' time, of course, when we'll be heading towards February. And we may not be quite so locked down. Well, we probably will be, but then might. <laughs> um, we'll put lockdown into Room 101 next yes. time. Um, any last words from you, sire? Clutter Thar. Thank you, you're very helpful. <laughs> and don't, whatever that means, don't forget, whatever works, works. works! I got in on the last word, at least. Do try and keep up. <laughs>